the home stretch, problem 14. Problem 14. If n and p are, are integers greater than 1, so n and p are integers greater than 1. I didn't write that they're integers. And if p is a factor of both n plus 3 and n plus 10, so p factor of n plus 3 and n plus 10, what is the value of p? What is the value of p? So n and p are integers greater than 1, and p is a factor of both n plus 3 and n plus 10. So this is interesting. So that means that n plus 3 is equal to some number times p, right? Some number times p, where you know k is just some random number. And we also know that n plus 10 is also equal to some, maybe probably definitely some other number times p, right? And so we could, you know, we could subtract three from both sides in this equation, and we get n is equal to k times p, some number times p minus three, and we also we could do it here. We can subtract ten from both sides. We say n is equal to some other number times p minus ten. Right? And I don't know where this is going. I'm just really playing around with this. So let's see. So both of these things equal are equal to n. What are we trying to solve for? We're trying to solve for p. So some number times p minus 3 is equal to some other number times p minus 10. So let me see where that gets me. So at k p minus 3 is equal to m times p minus 10. Let's add 10 to both sides of this number. Add 10 to both sides of this equation. You'll get k p plus 7 is equal to m times p. Now this is interesting. So if I multiply some integer times p, right? So this is some multiple of p, right? This is actually n plus 3. But if I if I have some multiple of p right here, and I add 7 to it, I get another multiple of p. Right? So that means that 7 has to be divisible by p. And there's only two numbers that are, that are divisible by, uh, uh, that 7 is divisible by, 1 and 7. And it's not going to be 1, because it tells us that p, n and p are both greater than 1. Right? So p has to be 7. p is equal to 7, just choice b. And so you, the way I think about it is just, when you add when you when you add uh, ten to a number, let, let's think of it this way. Let's you know ignore this whole n plus three. Let's just say n plus three. Let's just say that uh, this let's call this q, right? That we're saying q p is a factor of q, right? And then if q is n plus three, then this would be q plus seven. Hope I'm not confusing you. So this is divisible by p. And then when you add 7 to it, it's also divisible by p. So p has to be 7, because when I add 7 to, you know, let's think of it this way. If n plus, view it this way, if n plus 3 was, let's say that this was 21, right? Not n, n plus 3 was 21, then n would be what, 18, right? n is 18, n plus 3 is 21, then n plus 10 would be 28. 
and these are both divisible by 7. So that's another way you could do it. You could actually just try out the numbers. But hopefully that gives you intuition. But the big clue is some multiple times p plus 7 is equal to another multiple times p. So we know that p has to be 7. Because p has to be divisible into 7 and greater than 1. And there's only one number that's greater than 1 that is a factor of 7, and that's p. Or that's 7, sorry. Next problem. That was, that was tricky, I think. Problem 15. In the cube shown above, points B, C, and E are midpoints of the three edges. Which of the following angles has the least measure? B, oh man, this is going to be a lot of drawing. This might take the whole time, but I'll try my best. OK, B, C, and E. I'm going to draw it big, just so. Actually, I'm drawing it too big. best I can. Do it the best I can. Okay, and then they have these dotted lines in the back. dotted lines in the back. Okay, now they have let me draw this in a different color. This is point X. That's point X. This is point Y. They draw a bunch of points. B, C, and E are the midpoints. So this is point B. This is point A. This is point C. Point D. Point E. And everything they drew essentially starts at x, goes to one of these points, and then goes back to y, right? Goes from x to b to y, x to a to y. Yeah, all the choices go to each of these points and go back to y. And that what they want to know is which angle has the least, least measure, right? So the way we could think about this is all of these angles, right? We could draw, we could just draw this part. Sorry, if this was x, this is one of the messy things that are drawn. This is y. And then the other angles, you know, it's going to go to some point and then come back. And what we want to know is, when do we get the least angle? Well, we get the longer, think of it this way, the longer this base angle is, the longer this is, the smaller the angle, right? Because this is the angle we're measuring. So we want to make this angle, this, this length, as long as possible. The length from whatever letter we are to y, right? So b to y is very short, so this angle will be pretty big. a to y is even bigger. c to y is even bigger than that. d to y is actually the biggest. This is the biggest distance, right? So this will have the longest, this will be the smallest angle. So that's what, y dx or x dy. So that's choice d. And remember, the underlying intuition is if I were to, let me, let me do the color so you know what I'm saying. This line, if I were to draw that, that would be here. I'm saying that corresponds to that right there. That's x, that's y. And then we're taking a point from x to one of these points, right? x, b, y, x, a, y, x, c, y. And whatever point it is, the way we get the smallest angle is if we make this line, this line, as long as possible. 
And you can visual, visualize that. Take this point further and further out, and this angle gets smaller and smaller and smaller, right? So if you look at it that way, if you look at it that way, what is going to be the longest distance? Y to which of these points? Y to C is the same as Y to E, right? Y to B is very short. Y to A is a little longer. Y to C is a little longer. Y to D is the longest distance. So the least angle will be, if this point is D, so x, d, y. And that's choice D. Let's see if I can squeeze problem 16 in here. Otherwise, I'll do it in the next video. Problem 16. If x, y is equal to 7, x minus y is equal to 5, then x squared y minus x y squared is equal to what? All right, so we know what x y is. We know what x minus y. Is. So let's let's watch this. Factor an x out of here. You get this is the same thing as x times x y. Minus. Let's factor a y out of here. This is the same thing as y times x y. Right? All I did is I factored a y out. And now let's factor the x minus y out. This is the same thing as x y times x minus y, right? I, I'm just factoring the xy out. I mean, you could do it reverse. You can distribute the xy, and you'd get this up here. And this equals what? xy is 7, and x minus y, they give us right there, is 5. So 7 times 5 is 35. And that's choice D. And we are done with test 7. I will see you in test 8.